The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Yeah, it's wider 
in the blood of Jesus, passionate about Jesus. All a person like this wants to talk about is Jesus. Now, those of us who want to walk righteously before God, we're going to face the desert. We're going to face bitter trials. These trials may go on for years. In fact, the deeper our walk with Jesus, the more intense the furnace of testing will be in our lives. Scripture gives us the reason. It's because the Lord wants to burn out the impurities in our hearts and conform us into the image of his Son, He wants us to look like Jesus. Let me read the prophecy from Daniel that talks about the end time and what Jesus was going to do in us who desire to know him. Daniel 11, verses 32 through 35. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And those of the people who understand shall instruct many. Yet for many days they shall fall by the sword and flame, by captivity and plundering. Now when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help. And some of those of understanding shall fall to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end, because it is still for the appointed time. This is Daniel eleven thirty-two through 35 prophesying about what would happen to the men and women who became serious about knowing Jesus Christ. It is what I have referred to many times on this broadcast 
as the school of the Holy Spirit. Now, this prophecy tells us that this great time of testing comes upon those of understanding. Well, who are those people of understanding who will be tested? They are the ones who have cried out and asked that the gates of righteousness be opened to them. Those who are willing to lay their lives down to do great exploits for Jesus. They are people who walk with God and have the wisdom of Christ. Now, please let me say this, not desiring to offend any of you, but to turn your eyes to Jesus. If you do not have any understanding that you are called to do great exploits for the Lord God of heaven, if you're hungry and if you're not walking in that way, if you are hungry but you are hungry for the world, if you sit by the hour in front of the television, if you watch all of the latest shows and you sit together as Christian men and you you talk together about, oh, I like this show and I like that show, that's my favorite, then you're you're already dead. You're numb. You are not searching after Jesus with all your heart. And the great cry of my heart on this broadcast is that those of you who listen would be men and women of understanding who cry for the righteousness of Jesus to be fully brought into your life, that you be willing to to be tested to the uttermost that you not have a heart of love for this world. I'm going to talk more about that in a moment. You'll find yourself, if you hunger after Jesus, you will find yourself, if you seek the gates of righteousness, that they be opened unto you. If you seek to be like Jesus with all of your heart, if you are passionate about Jesus. I walked into a a Panera's this morning for a quick salad. And as I walked in, the manager saw me from a distance and immediately, in spite of the large crowd, being there begins to talk with me about Jesus. His heart is about Jesus. Now, he doesn't understand all that I'm trying to talk to you about today, but there is a passion in his heart. He loves Jesus, and he wants to talk with me. The moment I walk into his restaurant, all he wants to talk to me about is Jesus. I love this man. On the other hand, I will be with other men who call themselves Christians, who are leaders in the Christian church, and they have no interest in talking about Jesus. They want to talk about baseball and football. They want to talk about their trips and their pleasures. They want to talk about the television shows. 
And when I bring up the topic of Jesus, they quickly move to something else. If I brought up a theological issue, they'd be happy to discuss that theological issue. But Jesus? No, there's no hunger in their heart to talk about Jesus because they don't know Jesus. Daniel is saying that at the end time, the the prophecy is there are some of understanding. There are some of understanding. They understand the process of righteousness. They understand the cost. They understand the years of being tested. Now, you may find yourself today in that circumstance, and you may be saying, well, why am I being tested this way? Why is this happening to me? Well, we need to understand why God allows these fiery trials to come upon us. If you think back to your days in school, When a test was given, your answers revealed how much you'd actually learned of what you'd been taught. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul speaks of a different school, one in which we are learning Christ and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Ephesians 4, 20 and 21 Now, if you truly belong to Jesus, you are enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit where you can learn about Jesus in depth and where the righteousness of God can be infused into your body, soul, and spirit. Now, you may not always in school have liked those pop quizzes, those unannounced tests. I remember when I was studying Greek and I had many hours of of Greek to study. 14 hours in undergraduate. Every class was opened with a quiz. I dreaded those quizzes. I would wake up at and start studying with a friend at 5 a.m. Until 7 o'clock, we would go to class, and we would have to sit for that opening quiz. But that was the way the teacher determined how much we had learned and what he still needed to teach us. The Lord has told us to be ready to be tested at any time. And these tests are going to continue until Jesus comes. Now, if you're hungry for more of Jesus, you will be willing to go through these fiery tests and trials. And in the process, you will be purged of all that is not like Jesus. This is necessary for the preparation of your heart for the soon-coming wedding of the Lamb. 
This means we're not to run from the time of testing. Instead, we're to be on our knees, beseeching God, standing on the promises, because the promises are the means by which we enter into the divine nature, according to the Apostle Peter. We want Christ to be formed in us. We are to long in our souls to become true followers of the Lord Jesus. We must be obsessed with the desire to be a man or woman of God. We must be consumed. We must be obsessed every moment of our day, every moment of our life. We must be focused on knowing Jesus. And as these fiery trials come, We stand on the promises of God. I am right now in a situation where I am standing in Mark 11, 23 and 24, where he promised that if I ask that this mountain would be removed into the sea, he would do it. And I know it's according to his will because he's spoken to me concerning this situation. And I am praying and standing by faith that this mountain will be removed. And I know it will be removed. So my heart and my lips cry out constantly, Jesus, make me into your own image. Shape me. Carve me. I'm much too big yet. Make me smaller, Jesus. Let me be in every sense your bond slave, your doulos. Now, there is one thing I want more than anything else in the world, and that is to be a true man of God. I want my witness on this radio broadcast. I want my living. I want my friendships. I want my preaching at the National Prayer Chapel. I want everything I do to bring glory to the name of Jesus. And I have to ask you, do you feel that way also? If so, then we must be enrolled in his school and we must endure the tests that will come to us. Tests of affliction. Tests of financial ruin. Tests of being spoken against by others. We must be willing to endure our own inner struggle as we cut sin off and we go through a withdrawal period. There may be times when you are very discouraged and very depressed. Don't be controlled by your feelings. These times of testing are necessary. They don't last just a moment. I have been at the National Prayer Chapel year after year after year. On this radio broadcast, year after year. And yet I have not seen the success that my heart desires For Jesus, should I grow discouraged and quit? No, I press in even harder. 
I pray even more intently. I fast. I read the word. I stand on the promises. I'm not going to back up. I am passionate about Jesus. He is the one I desire. Jesus is everything to me. When I'm with other people, I want to talk about Jesus. I don't want to talk about the latest television shows. I don't want to talk about the sports figures. I have no interest in their stats. They mean nothing to me. Jesus means everything to me. I have no interest in even the politics of the day. What I have interest in is that the politics of the day are controlled by Jesus in such a manner that the that the peace of America will not be disturbed, that the work of the gospel can go forward. And so I cry out to God, will you send your judgment upon America, but not judgment unto destruction? Will you bring judgment unto repentance? And I cry out to Jesus for this work of repentance to be accomplished in the heart of the American people, in your heart as you listen to these broadcasts. There's no room for casualness. And I guess I have to ask you today, what's your interest in listening to this broadcast? Remember the Ezekiel passage I shared with you yesterday where they came and sat down and listened to Ezekiel because he was a pleasant song to their ears, but they would not put into practice what he spoke of. And the Lord was very, very upset. Do you understand we serve a personal God and we can upset him, we can make him very angry by grumbling, by being passionate about the world and not about him? He's a jealous God. He wants to bring us into the school, the school of the Holy Spirit. Now, I was sharing with you yesterday out of this wonderful book, Pilgrim's Progress, first published in 1678. And then Bunyan, at the age of 60, died 10 years later. His life was shortened by his years in prison and his hard labor for the gospel. He asks a question, and he asks the question of talkative. How does the saving grace of God make itself known when it's in the heart of man? And the answer that is given is, grace causes the soul to hate its sin. Grace produces conviction of sin. It produces sorrow and shame. And it gives a revelation of Jesus. It causes one to make a confession of faith in Jesus Christ. Have you made that confession of Jesus yet? Have you made a confession of Jesus Christ? And have you asked that he open for you the gates of righteousness? 
Have you already been suffering the fiery darts of Satan? Have you been suffering in the trials? Has this been going on for years? If so, then you know what I speak of today. By a life that is answerable to that confession, a life of holiness, heart holiness, heart purity, family purity, family holiness, by a life and a, and a conversation sharply distinguished from the world. Such a man inwardly abhors both his sins and himself for the sins he has committed against Jesus. He hates the sin of his family, and he promotes holiness in the world by lifting up Jesus. He does not do this by talk only, as a hypocrite or talkative person may do, but with a practical demonstration of a godly life in faith and love through the power of the word. And I have to ask you today, how is the saving grace of God manifesting itself in your life? Have you simply grabbed a hold of the grace that was offered you and said, thank you, now I'm on my way to heaven and I can enjoy the world? Or are you walking clean, washed in the blood, made pure, Have you been willing to suffer for the sake of Jesus Christ? Have you been willing to endure every trial without trying to find an escape for yourself? A man lost his job knowing that I'm a man of prayer. He asked me, What should I do, Pastor? I said, why don't you pray? And so for some days he prayed. And then he came back and he said, Pastor, I'm not hearing anything. God's not talking to me. I said, then go get a job. What? What if it's not God's will? Go get a job. And in the fire of that job... God will begin to move and purify and cleanse your soul, and then he'll speak with you. I said, you got fired from your last job because you were offensive to your boss. You were not pleasing. You were religious, but you didn't walk with integrity. Please, do you understand? We must be willing to submit ourselves to the fiery trials of God that the saving grace of Jesus may make itself known in our hearts. It will cause us to hate all sin. It will cause us to turn toward Jesus and plead with him to fill our hearts with his righteousness. 
and to walk that out without anger and without bitterness, without grumbling and without complaining, without groaning and moaning, to walk in the joy of Jesus. Because in our hearts, we've given up our selfish ambition. In our hearts, we've given up our wicked jealousy. We are content with what Jesus is doing in us right now. And that calls us to pray. That calls us to enter into the prayer closet and plead before Jesus to open the way before us. You know, most people don't really pray. And the reason they don't really pray is because they don't need to pray. They don't sense a desperate need to pray because they think they can use their resources and their wisdom to pretty much figure out anything that they need to figure out. And then when they finally do run into something that is so overwhelming, like cancer or some other affliction, they're so far away from God, they die before they can get to God. They've never depended on the Lord until they get really sick. And now they want somebody to come and pray for them who's close to God. So I ask you again, what does the saving grace of God look like in your heart and in your life? Are you passionate about knowing Jesus? Is he the topic of every conversation you engage in? Or are you cold-hearted, captured by the world, the flesh, and the devil, calling yourself a Christian but being laid back, fat and lazy, and no hunger, no burning in your heart for the souls of men and women? Who have you won to Jesus this year? Who have you spoken to in such a manner that their heart has been melted and they have said, I want to follow Jesus? A young man. I was in a restaurant. A young man came and sat down beside me. He said, do you mind if I come and sit beside you? I have a 10-minute break. There were plenty of other places he could go and sit. I was a customer. Why would he do that? I said, yes, you're welcome to come sit beside me. So I began to ask this young man questions. How long do you plan on working here? What are your life goals? Where are you going? What are you hungry for? And then he said to me, What are you about? I've seen you before. I said, I'm a pastor. I serve Jesus. I said, what is it you want to do with your life? He said, I want to save people. I said, you're not a Christian. No, I'm not. But you want to save people. Yes, I, I think probably I ought to become 
a member of the police force. So I need to go to college and finish my degree. His time was up, and he said to me, Could we talk further soon? I said, Yes, of course we can. I'm going to go back and have a conversation with that young man. But but before I do, I've been the last 24 hours crying out to God for this young man's salvation. I want to win this young man by the power of the Spirit, the blood of Jesus. I want him for the gospel ministry. He's a very intelligent, intuitive young man with, with a sense of responsibility and a sense of of hunger to contribute somewhere. I want that young man to meet Jesus. I want to enroll him in the school of Jesus. This is what I do everywhere I go. Wherever I go, I'm going to talk about Jesus because the grace of God, the saving grace of God, is making itself known in my heart. Is this happening in your life? Is the saving grace of God making itself known in you? Now, Bunyan opens the discussion with talkative with a second question. Let me share it with you. It is this you have experienced, what I have described. Do your life and your conduct testify to prove it? Or does your religion consist of words only without deeds to attest to the truth of them? Please, if you want to answer me, be careful to say no more than what you know God above will say amen to. Say nothing that your conscience would not approve of your saying. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. Besides, it is a great wickedness to say, I am such and such, when my conduct and my neighbors say something completely opposite of me. Then Talkative began to blush, but quickly recovered and said, You talk now about experience, conscience, and God. You appeal to him for justification of what is spoken. This is not the kind of discourse I expected, nor am I disposed to give an answer to such a question, nor do I feel obligated to answer. Unless you are talking on the job of of teaching, even if that is how you see yourself, I refuse to allow you to be my teacher or my judge. But I would be interested in why you ask me such a question. Faithful responded, Because you were so anxious to talk. 
because I wanted to know if there was anything to back up your talk besides talk. Also, to tell you the whole of it, I have heard about you. They say that you are a man whose religion is only talk, and that your conduct is at odds with what you profess with your mouth. They say you are a blemish among Christians, and that true religion gets a bad reputation because of your ungodly conduct. I have heard that some have already stumbled because of your wicked ways, and even more are in danger of being destroyed by your example. The proverb about the whore is true of you, which is that she is ashamed to all women. Are you ashamed to all true professing Christians? Well, since you're ready to listen to the reports of others and make rash judgments, I conclude that you are a spiteful, melancholy man and not a fit partner for discussion. And so, adieu. And talkative dismissed him. Then Christian came beside Faithful and said to his brother, I told you how it would happen. Your words and his lusts could not agree. He would rather leave your company than reform his life. So let me ask you, my dear brother, my sister, who listens to this radio. Are you consumed with the lust of this world? Does your life reflect the reality that Jesus is Lord? Does your life reflect the reality that you are a true follower of Jesus Christ? Does the hunger of your heart give you away as one who loves Jesus? Or does the love of your heart give you away that you are one who loves the world and the flesh and the devil? Are you an honor to the name of Jesus Christ or are you a dishonor to his name? if you are filled with jealousy and rage, if you are filled with anger and hurt feelings, you are not an honor to Jesus Christ. If there are judgments in your heart toward your brother or your sister, you are not an honor to Jesus. You are a dishonor to Jesus. If you have run away from the convicting word of God, You are a dishonor to the name of Jesus. Now, I would not judge you, but I would speak the truth in love plainly to you now and ask, what is your standing with Jesus Christ? I'm going to be bold enough to invite you to call I'm going to open the phone lines. The studio number is 877-534-0780. 
Some of you today may be going through fiery trials and you need a brother to simply come beside you and cry out in prayer for your healing and your release. If that is so, please call quickly. There are times when I am so overcome with the pain of the journey that all I can do is lay on my face before God and weep. If that's where you are today and I can be helpful to you in praying for you, please call 877-534-0780. Or if you recognize that you are one who has been so casual and there has been no great hunger in your heart for Jesus and you recognize suddenly the grace of God has come upon you and the conviction is rising in your heart and you would have me pray for you, I am eager to pray for you for my only purpose in coming is to open the gate of righteousness that you could enter into Jesus, that you could feast on his love and his mercy and his grace. I would that none of you would be lost. I would that all of you would turn from wickedness and unrighteousness and casualness, that you would turn from all of the entertainment of this world, the the baseball and the football and the and the television and the movies and the internet and the cell phone. I would that you would turn from all of these things that distract you from Jesus and that you would seek after him with all of your heart. So today, if you know you are distracted by the world, the flesh, and the devil, I would be happy to pray with you. 877-534-0780. How can I pray for you? Now, don't call and ask me to pray for the nation. I do that. Don't call and ask me to pray for some foolishness. This is serious. Is the grace of God, the saving grace of God, is it moving in your heart? And you want Jesus above all else. And are you willing to cry out to God and ask him to open the gates of righteousness that you could enter into the school of the Holy Spirit, the school of Jesus, and be refined in the fire, be transformed and changed, have the bitter root removed from your heart? All of this is the work of grace to have the wickedness of the lust of your flesh removed. It's all a work of grace. I'm waiting on your phone calls. This is your time. I'm here for you. I'm happy to pray for you. 877 534 What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is the word of God to your heart? What are you saying to Jesus? 
What is the word of your heart to Jesus? Do you want more of him? Lord, I cry out today for the men and women who have listened to this broadcast. Lord, I pray that every person who has listened will open their heart now to you, that the work of grace can be accomplished in their hearts, Jesus. Lord, thank you. Let it be done now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Our phone number is 877-534-0780. We have time for a couple calls. I'd be happy to pray with you. Alex, welcome. Hello, Alex. What can I share or what can I pray for you about? Hey, Brother Ray. Um, I'm hungry for Jesus. Just going, uh, I'm just going through a lot of trials, a lot of pain. Um, just uh, not he- really hearing much from friends or family or my car broke down yesterday. So I'm just going through a lot of, a lot of stuff. And um, I'm hungering after Jesus. It's just, um, it's like you mentioned earlier about um, these things that will go through these trials. And um, it's very painful. It is very it is very painful, and we're not going to make it through them if we don't just really turn to Jesus and cry out to Jesus and stand on those promises. Yeah, my, my spirit's always crying out to him. I wake up in the middle of the night several times, and I'm always crying out to him. And I just, um, it's like, what, what is it, Acts fourteen twenty two says that we must go through many tribulations or yes. hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Do you have promises that you have been called by the Spirit to stand on? Well, the one promise that uh, is Psalms eighty four eleven always stays with me. That the Lord God is the sun shield to give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Yes. And I know what you mentioned earlier about these trials that help purify. And uh, like you mentioned out of Daniel. Yes. Um, how how uh, many of the godly will, will fall. But that's to um, purify and cleanse them. Yes. Um, um, more of a purifying, and um, it's just very you know somber, uh, you know, being so active or in the church and been uh, so long and part of it. Uh, activity doesn't really mean um, all that much. It's just our relationship with Lord Jesus. Yes. Well, let's pray, Alex. Okay. Lord, I just cry out now for my precious brother, Alex. Lord, he's going through fiery trials, both physically, financially, with his car. And Lord, he doesn't know if he'll survive. But Lord, he knows one thing. He knows he wants you, Jesus. Yes. 
He's one of the few men that I've talked with who always, first and foremost, wants to talk about you, Jesus. And he is living a life of service, Lord, to his mother and to others who need his kindness. So, Lord, today I ask, please bind up his wounds and bring him through these trials. Your word says that you will give a little aid to those who are going through this. Yes, Lord. And, Lord, as he stands on your promises, take all discouragement from his heart, because that's unbelief. Mm. Mm. Lord, take, take any word of grumbling out of his mouth. Let him use his mouth to praise your name, Jesus, to lift you up, to adore you, to worship you, to give himself totally to you, Jesus, casting off all the fiery pain and saying it belongs to you, Jesus. You went to the cross. You suffered everything. I'll suffer with you, Jesus. Lord, I ask, please, would you bind up the wounds of his of his heart. Would you bind up the wounds of his mind? Would you bind up the wounds of the physical realm that he dwells in? Lord, would you rescue Alex today? Not necessarily out of the trial, but with the strength to endure and walk through with praise and glory on his lips. Lord, I know that you are the one who brings deliverance. That you are the one who heals our brokenness and binds up the wounds that the enemy has caused to be inflicted upon us. Lord, I thank you. And I'm just going to stand now by faith that the healing that you're doing right now in Alex, is going to finish the work. Lord, I know the work of healing is happening in his body right now. I ask that it be finished in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask that you would come into his mind and his heart and fill him with your presence. Lord, that all he can do is lift up his hands and shout praises to you. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ray. You're welcome. God bless you, Alex. God bless you. Bye. Okay, bye. We have just a minute left. A quick call if you call right now, 877-534-0780. No, I'm being told we're two minutes out. It's time to wrap up the broadcast. I will be praying for you. And I will be back tomorrow to continue this study on the tongue, what we say, what the grace of God is doing in us. I welcome you to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. I also welcome you to contribute to help carry this broadcast on the air at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Give only what he tells you to. 
you can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I wish I could give you my email address, but I'm not able right now to receive or send emails because my system is not functioning. Hopefully soon I'll get that repaired. God bless you, my brother, my sister. Jesus loves you, and so do I. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'll talk to you soon.